What's up, everyone? Welcome to the podcast. I'm your host, Isaiah Copan. It's May 13, 2022, and this is Lift and Learn episode 86. In this episode, I'll be talking about if it's possible for you to gain muscle while you're in a calorie deficit. So can you gain muscle while you're cutting? I go into that topic first, and then the second one will be about when you should increase the weights, uh, when you should increase the weights you're using when you exercise. Before that though, I'll talk a bit about what I've been up to lately, and that might include fitness related topics, and it might not. If you want to follow me, your host, on Instagram, it's isaiah.copon, and you can also check out my website, isaiahcopon.com. The podcast is on Instagram, at Lift and Learn Podcast, on Twitter, at Lift and Learn Pod, and also on Facebook. You can just search Lift and Learn Podcast. With that being said, let's get into it. One of the best things you can do for yourself, if you can, is to work out in the morning. Of course, this isn't viable for everyone, but if you have a bit of time in the morning, it really can be a big game changer, especially when it comes to being consistent. So, why is that the case? Well, I figured I'd be the right guy to answer this since I'm definitely a morning person when it comes to workouts. I've been getting DMs about this lately since I posted some stories on Instagram this week about how I'm in the gym before 5am. So first off, this crunch fitness that I go to, starting just a few weeks ago, they're back to being a 24 hour gym during the week, which is actually awesome. It used to open right at 5am because their hours changed a few years ago when COVID was first around, but now they're back to their normal hours. So that's 24 hours during the week but still 7 to 7 on the weekends, which is pretty normal for most gyms. But because they're now back to being open 24 hours, that's clutch for me, actually. So instead of getting to the gym at 5 a.m., then having to warm up, do some mobility work and dynamic stretches, all that good stuff, and then do my warm-up sets, by the time I get to my first working set, it's like 5.30 sometimes or even later, and that kind of makes the morning workouts more cramped because I have to get out of there by 7 or even before 7 a.m. on most days of the week. Now that they're open all the time though, that's huge for me because I can be in there 4.30 or 4.45 and then actually start my workout right at 5 a.m., which makes the workout go a lot smoother. I have more time to hit all my body parts without rushing, so training has been great the past two weeks because of that slight change. I know I have to work on my sleep though, man, it's, it's so hard right now for me because now I'm getting under six hours of sleep on most days and I've been used to that kind of sleep for most of my life now. I'm not saying it's the best thing to do because I know it's definitely not. I try to get seven hours of sleep, but that means sleeping at nine o'clock and most days at that time, I haven't even digested my dinner yet, so that's not even a possibility for me. But I try my best to get as much sleep as possible. And no, I don't advise you to do this. That's just how my life works best right now, regardless of how detrimental the lack of sleep may be. I also do try to take naps during the day to kind of offset the lack of sleep during the night. So it's kind of like biphasic sleeping or something. For me, though, that sleep sacrifice is worth it if it means that's 
if it means me staying consistent with my own exercise schedule. Okay, getting a bit off track here, I just wanted to go over briefly why exactly working out in the morning could be beneficial in your own life. I wrote down a few reasons here as I was thinking about what the heck I was going to talk about in this week's episode. So first off, personally, I love starting the morning with a workout, just getting my body moving. Most people have probably gotten or experienced that feeling after a workout where you just feel good, you know? Uh, It's that endorphin release throughout your body, or at least that's part of the factor that's going on there. So I get that dose first thing in the morning, that feel-good feeling, like a shot of adrenaline right in the morning to start the day. feels good. Another reason why I like to get it out of the way and done with so I don't have to worry about when I'm going to work out during the day. It really makes the timing of the workout just set in stone, really. It's my first task of the day on some days of the week. I don't do this every day, just two or three times, and that's more than plenty. Now, other weeks uh, or other days of the week, I'll go later in the morning if I have the time. But the morning ones, the super early first thing in the morning, those are the workouts I miss only on the rare occasion. If I don't get to do my workout in the morning, sometimes it'll be tough for me to get in a workout at all. For me, the morning is where I have the most energy. During the day, if I'm planning on working out, then that may mean I have to also plan my meals accordingly. That means a pre-workout meal so that I have enough energy for the workout in the first place, along with a post-workout meal so that I can recover adequately. So it's a way for me to really be consistent with my training. My training is never more consistent than when I get into a routine of going in the morning If I plan an afternoon workout, sometimes errands will pop up during the day and interfere with that, or if I get stuck in traffic or something. For some of my clients, they mention like kids getting in the way or having to make dinner at a certain time also, or picking up kids after some sports practice, let's say. Another underrated reason for a morning workout is that I can just basically spend the rest of my day recovering. All the food I eat will be helping my body recover, giving my body the nutrients it needs. Uh, I'm still moving throughout the day also, since I'm helping clients out in the gym, re-racking weights or whatever. So if it's something like a leg day, then moving around throughout the day, that'll actually decrease the amount of soreness you'll feel. I've noticed this myself and from experience with training others. Moving slightly, that low-impact movement actually helps with the recovery process. Now, when I was younger, I'd hit legs and just go home, play video games all day. I basically wouldn't use my legs, thinking to myself that they'll recover faster that way. The thing is, it's actually been proven that something like walking, if your legs are sore, some kind of movement will actually help you recover because you're keeping the muscles active with low-impact movements, exercise, or just any kind of activity, really, and it keeps the blood flowing in the area, which will stimulate recovery. After you finish your workout, your metabolism is elevated after a workout naturally, and that really kickstarts the healing and recovery process. Again, that's why eating after a workout is important, not necessarily just in the anabolic window. It's good to eat as soon as you can after a workout. It's not the end of the world, though, if, if it's uh, more than an hour after your workout. But the quicker after a workout that you eat, it'll make a very slight difference the closer the meal is to the completion of the workout. So yeah, working out in the morning, I can go do that and sometimes even come home to eat breakfast, shower, and then go about my day. 
Those days are the best, really. I feel super refreshed the whole day when all the stars, they just line up like that. And probably the best reason to work out first thing in the morning is because you can do whatever you want in there. During the rush hour times, especially like 4 to 7 in the afternoon, uh, usually with 5 or 6 being the super busiest times, I can't work out during those times. There's just too many people in there, and I understand why it's after work, but I just can't deal with it. If I can't get to my machines or whatever dumbbells or benches I need, that's going to be a problem. And I don't like that, honestly. So in the mornings, yeah, basically I could do whatever I want in the gym. There's no big crowd and there's more than enough equipment that'll be available. And working out in the morning has also led uh, to me being more alert throughout the day. I already mentioned that I feel refreshed. So this is kind of related to that. Because my morning starts off with a workout, it just wakes up my whole body. Like all of the internal bodily systems they talked about in science in elementary school, those are all working together to fuel or help with the workout. Working out, I know it can seem like only a physical process, but studies have actually shown that working out could even help you mentally. This has been proven in some studies that have shown that you can increase attributes like uh, coordination, body awareness, and it even increases brain activity. I mean, those movements that you're doing in the gym, they may seem simple when you're just when you just uh, look at a squat or at a bench press, but they actually require a lot of those systems inside of your body to work together. And your brain does all of the mini calculations to make sure that you're sending neurons to the right places and moving the bar where you need it to go or lift some heavy stuff off of the ground. Of course, that's going to take some amount of brain power. Exercise can even slightly help with memory function also, which is pretty crazy to think about. So if you haven't, try working out in the mornings. Again, only if you can. You don't have to be crazy like me and wake up at 4 a.m. to be in the gym for 5 a.m., but maybe that means 6 a.m. or a 7 a.m. start for you. If you have the time and you're someone who lacks the consistency, try it out for a few weeks to see if it's something you can sustain. I mean, you only have to do it once or twice a week at first. Don't just plan on doing this for five days straight. You'll be miserable. All right, moving on from some fitness talk for a bit here. Wouldn't you know it? The Leafs, so close, <laughs> but they just couldn't close it out in game six last night. So the series is now tied three to three after a long overtime period victory there for Tampa Bay. I thought it was going to go to double overtime with the way things were going, but the Lightning ended up scoring and ending it. So game seven will be this Saturday. It all comes down to this. So game seven will be this Saturday. It all comes down to this. Could the Leafs take down the defending back-to-back -back champs at home Saturday night? We will see. I hope they do, but it also wouldn't surprise me if they lost because the Leafs just, um, I don't know, if they have the heart, if they have the heart, I don't know if they have the heart to win a game seven like this with so much pressure against a really good team, obviously. I'm surprised it's gone to seven because most games it does look like Tampa's the better team on most nights. So I don't know how game seven will go. The Leafs defense does not look great right now, and the goalies we have are still questionable, especially compared to Vasilevsky on the other side. If the Leafs get down early, like another 2 nothing lead for the other team, I just really hope we don't see them quit like in the past years. Probably the best thing they can do for themselves is score the first goal and play from there. Seems like they have more pep in their step, but when they're down... 
Oh god, it just looks bad out there sometimes. Question 1. Is it impossible to gain muscle in a calorie deficit? Now that some of my clients are in their cut phase, and this usually happens when people start a cut, one of the first questions I get is, am I going to lose muscle? You know what, saying it plainly, you might lose a bit of muscle during a cut or when you're trying to lean down, and that's because you are eating lower calories, you're eating a lower amount of energy than what your body is using on a daily basis. But you can actually do a few things that'll help you kind of do what people think is impossible. So the specific answer to the question, is it impossible to gain muscle in a calorie deficit? Long story short, no, actually. During a cut, yes, it is going to be harder to gain muscle because you are in a deficit, but it's certainly not impossible. It's harder, that's for sure. Your body isn't getting the nutrients and minerals that it needs to optimally grow muscles, but if you change a few things up from what you've been regularly doing, you can have some great progress in that regard, so let's get into that. Of course, it's a good idea to keep your diet high in protein. I won't tell clients to decrease protein uh, intake during a cut because that's needed to try to at least maintain the muscle you have on your body already. At least that's what some literature tends to suggest when it comes to eating protein while you're in a cut phase. So something that could help you actually gain muscle during the deficit could be the way you're training also. That's why it's good to switch up your training program during your cut. Or right as you're about to start cutting, it'll give your body a new stimulus to adapt to. So that might mean going into a strength phase, so lower reps. If your training isn't a hypertrophy phase right now where you're doing, let's say, 8 to 15 reps. Or it can be vice versa there. Um, doing something new in your training could help give your muscles something new to adapt to. I said that, okay. Uh, doing new movements actually could help. That Doing new movements that you don't regularly do that can help in this situation. You kind of stimulate new muscle fibers there because it's a slightly different angle that your muscles will be using. And in terms of diet, there's something you could also try out, carb cycling. This is more of an advanced technique you could do. An example could be doing something like uh, on your leg days, if that's something you're trying to bring up. That could be a day where you're eating at maintenance or a bit over maintenance because you add more carbs than usual for that day. And then during the rest of the week, you're still in a low enough deficit so that you're still in that negative calorie balance at the end of the week. Play around with your diet a bit. You can even go higher protein if you want. Don't go crazy with this one though. I don't mean double your protein intake if you're already eating enough. But maybe some, uh, substituting some fat and carbs for an extra 20 to 30 grams of protein could help. See for yourself, that could work, but it's going to be different for everyone. You could do the same thing with carb cycling. So on a leg day, you might have 50 grams or uh, 50 grams of carbs more than usual. Depending on exactly how the rest of the outlook of your diet looks, it takes a lot of pre-planning to figure something like that out. So tracking your food intake can be crucial if you're serious about trying to achieve a goal like this. Building muscle while you're in a calorie deficit is something that is difficult to do. You might have heard it simply as body recomposition or body recomp. So like I said, it's not impossible to do a body recomp. And something that also plays a huge factor in this is, of course, your own genetics. For some individuals, people who have difficulty building muscle in the first place 
Chances are they probably won't be able to build much muscle, if any, during a cut, and for other people, it'll be easier to gain muscle while they're in a deficit. That's just the way genetic works. But you can try some of those methods, changing up the exercises, the programming, or the diet. Changing some of those, if you're lucky enough, you'll be able to get to a point where you're losing fat and building muscle at the same time. Now, you don't actually turn fat directly into muscle, but you can lose fat and build muscle at the same time. If you do some of the right things, it'll give you a higher chance to do something like that. I've talked about this before. This is pretty similar to what happens pretty frequently with newbies in the gym. It's similar to how the whole newbie gains works. As you become more advanced, achieving body recomp can become more difficult since your body has already adapted to that uh, to that initial training stimulus, so this is kind of the same aspect here. So yes, you can lose fat and build muscle at the same time, it just becomes harder as you're more advanced and have more years of training under your belt. Question 2. How to know when to increase weights while training? When you're young or just starting lifting, you could be increasing the weight you're lifting by 5 pounds a week, I remember when I first started working out, it felt like every week I would just be able to add weight to whatever exercise I was doing. It happens pretty quickly. And I noticed this with my male clients as well. At first, they'll be increasing the weight by five pounds every week or so. Usually three times out of the month, we'll, uh, we would be able to increase in weight. And then eventually, usually towards the end of the programming phase, that's when it becomes harder to increase the weight. Now, females also do get stronger pretty quick, but it's not as much of a dramatic increase or not as big of an increase that my male clients experience, and that's just because of the sex differences between men and women. Men are naturally just going to be stronger. So as you start to get out of the newbie phase period where you're just getting stronger every time you set foot in the gym, as you get more advanced, when you're not able to increase in weight every week, it becomes a bit harder to figure out exactly when you should move up 5 pounds on a barbell movement or go up 5 pounds to the next set of dumbbells. Your body will usually give you the signs, so you gotta listen to it, you gotta learn to listen to it and how it reacts to what you're doing. Do you feel comfortable with the weight you're using, or do you feel like the bar is moving a little shaky, or does it feel nice and smooth, all in one motion, not really having to push yourself as hard as you used to have to do it before when you were hitting whatever weight it may be? So for a new client, I might have them perform something like 12 reps at the very least before we go up and wait, but that's really just a general rule. So let's say me and a client are working in an 8 to 12 rep range with our current programming. We're doing 30 pounds on whatever exercise, okay, let's say uh, shoulder press. If that client can get 12 reps pretty easily without me having to worry about that person dropping the weight on their head and it looks like they have total control over the weight, then that would be a good time to increase the weight a little bit. And with the next heavier set of dumbbells, they should be able to get at least 4 or 5 reps with the slight increase of 5 pounds at the very least. And then from there, you can really just gauge and uh, see how much you can handle. But that's something I like to personally do. Sometimes even over 10 reps, if I feel like they really had the tempo really nailed down, there's a lot of signs there. You'll see it on a client's face. That's usually an indicator of how difficult the working sets can be. Or you can see if there's some shakiness. 
on squats, if you're seeing the movement look pretty fluid, you can go up and wait. But if you notice the legs either caving in or out, slight pain maybe, then it's good to solve those problems first because you don't want to go to a heavier weight and lose control. That can lead to injury, and those are the worst. Remember, stabilization and mobility is first and foremost before we're talking about increasing the weight. That's especially true if it's a new client or you're someone who just got into working out. If they're elderly, always be careful when increasing weight, have a spotter nearby. You can make progress in many ways. It's not just amount, uh, it's not just about the weight you're lifting, because just following that metric alone, I mean, not everyone is going to get to a 500 pound squat. Yes, it's a good goal to want to get strong, but unless you're looking to be an elite power lifter, lifting those really heavy weights just might not be in the cards for you. It's not really necessary. That's just due to mainly genetics again. They come into play there. So usually if my client can do 10 to 15 reps pretty comfortably, we'll try out the next heaviest set of dumbbells or something. And then we'll start out just doing 3 to 5 reps or so, which should be pretty easy. But I just think it's good to stop early since that is a new weight. It's just good to ease yourself into the next heaviest set of dumbbells. Like if you're going from 25 to 30 pound on shoulder presses, especially for females, that's pretty impressive. I think that's where most females find that first hardest jump to get to when you're doing seated shoulder presses with the dumbbells. That's just from what I've seen though. Somewhere in that 20 to 30 pound range, it starts to get tough for females to increase in weight around that point. So judging when to increase your weight, I mean the exercise is... I wouldn't say it's dangerous, but it has the potential to be dangerous if you don't have the shoulder stability and mobility. That 5 pound increase is going to make a huge difference. So unless you can do over 12, I want to say, on something like a shoulder press, just stick with the weight you're using. But when you can do 12 reps pretty easily, then it would be a pretty good idea to increase the weight. So just try to start out uh, and do 3 reps slowly. And that's a pretty good indicator there, just getting yourself used to the weight, like I said earlier. So why I say this could be potentially dangerous, or this exercise specifically, is because when we're talking about the dumbbell seated shoulder press, you're having to push those dumbbells over the top of your head. Potential for injury there, of course, and a serious one, like a head injury, that's where you gotta really be careful. Don't just think that since you can do 8 reps that you can go for a heavier weight. You might be able to, but it's not worth the risk unless you're super comfortable with that lighter weight for maybe 12 to 15 reps. And even then, if you are going into new heavier weight territory, it's always good to have a spotter on hand. Again, especially when you're doing an exercise where you're pressing over the head. Don't be shy. Ask someone to spot you and tell them where you're more comfortable to be spotted, like your wrists or your elbows. So yes, this is going to involve tracking your workouts. If you're doing curls or whatever exercise, make sure you can consistently do at least 10 to 15 reps before moving up. That's just my opinion. Increasing your weight on exercises, this is also going to vary depending on the exercises you're doing. If you're doing an exercise like a deadlift and you're doing 8 reps... You can probably increase the weight 5 pounds and do 2 to 3 reps at the very least because there's a lot of muscles at work there. On something like an OHP, an overhead press, where you're only using your shoulders basically to do the work, doing 8 reps on that exercise, it may be difficult to add another 5 pounds without struggling. It depends on a bunch of factors, but I think you'll be able to figure it out on your own with a few of the tips 
a few of the tips I just mentioned. So generally speaking, if you can do 8 to 15 reps pretty comfortably, that's a pretty good sign that you can increase your weight in whatever exercise it is. Uh, this depends on a bunch of factors though, what exercise it is, your training experience, things like that. And that concludes episode 86 of the podcast. Thank you for listening. If you really enjoyed the episode or my podcast as a whole, then please leave a review and comment on iTunes or whatever your choice of podcast platform is. Also, if you haven't already, you should hit that subscribe button because I'll be releasing episodes every Friday. If you want to follow me, your host, I'm Isaiah.Copon on Instagram. And you can also check out my website, IsaiahCopon.com. If you want to follow the podcast, you can check out at Lift and Learn Podcast on Instagram. And there's also a Facebook page if you just search Lift and Learn Podcast.